welcome back to I Don't Care the Podcast with me, Alexia Stefano. Today I have the very talented Jenna Berman on my show. I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you. That's such a nice intro. Oh, it's the same one I give everyone, to be honest. <laughs> okay, not so special. Okay, good. Um, okay, who are you away from work? Away from work? Yeah. That is a very complicated question for oh. a workaholic. Oh, I know. I was watching a podcast this morning, and they were like, this is maybe the most impossible question to answer, and yeah. yet it's the one I always okay. ask all my guests. It's hard, though, because my work is like, my work is so tied to everything I am passionate about. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a job that I despise. Yeah. So I did like a workshop once where it was very spiritual, and they um, mm-hmm. they also started with a question like that, who are you outside of the roles that you play in your your family, your friends, your work, all these things. Yeah. And no one could really answer it. And in the end, they said um, a divine being is the only thing you could really say that really, like you could boil it down to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think think all of us can agree that we are just people trying to find our happiness. Mm -hmm. And like whatever that looks like for all of us is different. But like at the end of the day, we're all just – trying to find happiness yeah I think that's who I am as someone who's just on that road yeah definitely I know I was very impressed when I met you um because oh my god I can hear my cat playing it's so cute so see you're gonna be a special guest yes um what was I saying um you were about (laughs) to compliment me yes okay back to that no I was very impressed when I met you because you have such a strong sense of self for somebody mm. your age. You're still so young. I mean, how old are you again? I'm 19. Yeah, like you are so young. And well, I was 18 when you met totally. me. Totally. I remember you being 18. But you seem to really have a pretty good idea of who you are. I like to think. I think I know. Well, a big thing is so many people my age right now are trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm so fortunate that I already know what I want to do. Yeah. So it's not me trying to figure out who I am and what I, <clears throat> and what I want to do. It's just me trying to figure out who I am because well, I've got people, that part covered. Yeah, a lot of people even way older than you have no idea what they want to do. Yeah. And it goes on. It can go on for your whole life, I think, with a lot of people. I remember asking my high school teacher – like, he would, as a joke, oh, what are you going to do when you grow up? And he's like, honestly, I genuinely don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. And yeah. I was like, oh, I was joking, but, like, okay. It's the truth. I feel that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so on my podcast, I like to start each episode. You might not have one, and honestly, I don't have one yet either. Uh-huh. I like to say something that I don't care about this week. Um, oh. something that just, it can either be something you actually do care about, mm-hmm. and, and like are right pretending. now I don't. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say migraines. Yeah. I don't care about migraines because I was standing for part of the Skytrain ride over and I was facing the opposite direction uh-huh. and I had to look down because someone was like staring my direction. And so that was making me get a migraine and so I uh, and I get migraines all the time. So I'm gonna say I don't care about migraines. Yeah, that works. Um, I I think I'm gonna say something that I just genuinely don't care. About. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's something that I actually struggle with sometimes mm. because I feel so outside of my friends and mm. society as a whole um, and our culture that I don't care about pop culture. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my um, god. Like, yes. I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm, I remember you saying anything. that. And I think it can come off when people ask me about it. It can come off almost like elitist or something. But I genuinely don't get it. I mm-hmm. don't understand it. As soon as I like, if I'm alone and I'm chilling, I never think oh, I'm gonna watch a movie or I'm gonna like. Why are my cats fighting right now? <laughs> like they've been asleep the whole day, and then suddenly. We sit down to do this. We press record and Lord, go to the room. Um, but yeah, I, um, I always thought it was because I grew up in South Africa. Not that that's disconnected from pop culture in any way. I mean, it can be a bit delayed um, until I went back and asked my South African friends from childhood, like, oh, isn't it funny that we didn't like really get into movies and TV and stuff like that? And they were all like, no, Jenna, we did. That was you. Mm. Like, you're just kind of weird. I remember you saying when I was here for my photo shoot that um, you don't watch anything that you were in and that you don't know. Well, maybe you didn't say that. You said that you don't know everybody who you shoot, like professionally. I prefer not to. Right, and because I was fangirling over some of the people that you <laughs> that you shot, and I was uh-huh. like, "Oh my god!" And you're like, "Oh, they were in what?" And I'm like, "The Hundred, you know, the show that you were in." Um, I forgot yeah. that I was on that show. Yeah, it's my favorite. Who was the person that I shot from? Uh, a couple: Erica Sara, yeah, Luisa de Oliveira. Oh yeah, they're so beautiful. And possibly more, but I I know for sure those two. Now I know that because of you. There you go. Because the thing is, though, if I look up somebody before I work with them, I'm already seeing an image of them presented in a certain way that's Mm -hmm. somebody else's vision of them. Yeah. And I don't find that helpful to me. Mm -hmm. So I just don't. (laughs) Fair enough. I get it. Um, it's just uh, my favorite show, so I know who they are anyways. Oh. oh, and you shot Taylor Russell. Yeah. And she's in my favorite movie of all time. What's that? The Escape Room. And oh. the second one. Uh-huh. Um, and she's also, I just read a book in two days called Bones and All. Mm-hmm. And she is in the show that's, oh, cool. or the movie that's going to come out for it with Timothy Chalamet. Oh, is that like, um, cannibalism? Yes, I think I heard about that. Yeah. So why is storytelling through art, poetry, and photography um, important for you and your personal expression? Um, I think, I think that my brain, I haven't obviously fully figured myself out or like right. why my brain is the way it is, but I think my brain, I think about things in a bit of an abstract way and I find it easier to express those things through art, whether it's photography or mm. painting, or usually for me it's visual art, um, or poetry. I am very verbal as well. But um, yeah, for me it just feels like the most efficient form of communication, to communicate the meaning of something. Yeah, yeah I get that. I think when it comes to words, it's so hard to get your point across. Yeah. And so if I'm having a difficult conversation with someone, or... I'm just feeling uncomfortable to speak. I usually will just write. Yeah. And even if it's just for me, mm-hmm. then I have it. But I feel like, yeah, art and, and poetry is just a different level of communication. Yeah, I think it's more accurate. Yeah. It gets I, the feeling across. I think so. But I think for people who don't find a fascination with art, 
then you know they're like what the heck is this i, I never know anything. what that's like i wonder what that's like to live as a person who because they are those people who are not mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. and you know it's not better or worse but i would love to be one of those people for like one day yeah just to know yeah like, what is your experience yeah because some people when they read books don't like visualize what's happening yeah that to me is wild or dream like i yeah, so- well, I think everyone dreams, but some people just never remember any Maybe, of it. Maybe, yeah. So they have no idea what's going on. Like, I get some of my best ideas from my dreams. Oh, I get so many of my most profound thoughts. Not that I have a lot of profound <laughs> thoughts, but in my dreams, I have full-blown conversations, and I wake up, and I remember every word that mm-hmm. someone said to me. I can it, write that like a transcript. And it gets to the point where sometimes I don't even know if it was real or mm. a dream, and I'm like, did I already tell you this? Or like, did we have this conversation oh, or something? I still have that where like certain things in my mind, I'm not sure if it was a dream or a real memory. And yeah. That's going to stay that way. We'll never know. Mm. How did you discover your love for art? Um, I think it was, I mean, my parents had art around and stuff like that when I was growing up. I was actually, I spent the first few years of my life in Grahamstown, South mm-hmm. Africa, which is mm-hmm. kind of an artist's hippie town. Okay. Um, not sure how much that influenced me until age, you know, I don't know, I was pretty young, but um, definitely with photography, my parents had National Geographic magazines lying around, mm-hmm. and that really struck me. Um, and I think it was a combination of National Geographic and a couple fashion editorials that I saw in some of these South African magazines, they were just shot so beautifully, like out in the desert. Um, I remember the one specifically had like wild flowing dresses. Some was colors, some was black and white. And yeah, I just thought I want to make that. Mm. And so I didn't care if I was the one in the photo or the one taking the photo, but I wanted to make something beautiful. Mm. that I could look at. Do you have any desire to do wildlife or nature photos? Yeah, it's kind of my, like, it's still my dream. Mm-hmm. But um, quite a lifestyle change. Oh, yeah. You know, I I'm, mean, if I really, I have unreasonable and irrational self-belief. So mm-hmm. I do believe if I really put my mind to that, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um it's That's just, how my thought is too. Just believe you can and you will. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. And yeah, the nature thing, it would just be a completely different lifestyle. Like right now I shoot every single day. I'm doing yeah. two shoots a day at the moment. Oh, wow. That's, um, you know, in a controlled environment right. with actors yes. who also have to be controlled. Right. Um. <laughs> but yeah, one day maybe I'll get out into the wild and maybe on your trip back home, maybe you can get some nice photos Although, in there. You know, Cape Town is a city. Okay, I would have to go like really. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're going home to South Africa? You're gonna see?" No, I'm gonna see. Yeah, I'll see beaches and beautiful right. nature, but I'm there's buildings. Yeah, we're gonna. Be, yeah, you know, I'm in a city. You're not in like the middle of the forest. Like no, people live there. But um, one day I want to go on a safari or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be so fun. Yeah. I want to do that just cause, not even yeah. for like pictures. Totally. Um, how does your mind? shift when you go to work as an actor versus when you're doing photography Ooh, it's totally different I feel like when you go to work as an actor um first of all I'm much more the boss in photography Mm -hmm. I'm more creative um 
not that acting is not creative, it is, but you're kind of lost in line with your creative process to get picked and then get to make your decisions. Yeah. And you're still ultimately doing what somebody else tells you to do, wearing what someone else says, saying what someone else has written. Um, and I feel like as an actor on set, you get almost... I don't know if this is just me and what I've seen or if you feel it too, but mm -hmm. I feel like you get almost infantilized mm. the way that you're treated. Not in a good or a bad way, it's just the culture surrounding actors on set, um, the way that things have developed, you treated not <laughs> how you would be treated any other place. Yeah, it's definitely a different world. I mean, yeah. even scheduling, like, you know, you have to... Everything is just different and so fast-paced, mm -hmm. but also, it's fast-paced, but it's also not. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's Hurry definitely weird. Wait. Yeah, it's yeah. all, it's all weird. Mm -hmm. um, and then for photography, you just, yeah, I guess it's all you. Like, you're the director of what you shoot. Yeah, I feel like um, I have complete freedom in photography, even though I'm usually being hired by someone to shoot something with a specific goal. I feel like um, with acting... There's so many moving parts that there's less freedom, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether that's the schedule or, you know, no one's coming to me in photography and telling me what lens to use. And yeah. uh, you basically just um, get to trust your own vision and your own eye and communicate things the way you want to communicate things. Um, but with acting, I find there are a lot more restrictions. And I think the projects where you do find that freedom, they do exist, but I think that's more rare, especially with a lot of us. You know, if you're working on a TV show, it's a network show and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, tape. Yeah. 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 It's just, here's your mark. Say your lines. Yeah. This camera will just be on. Just say you the line once. Okay, moving on. Got to turn it around. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel a lot more liberated with photography. I think that's so fair. Um, do you find it hard, though? Because you do your photography here in mm -hmm. your living room that we're sitting in. Is it hard for you to separate your work life from your personal Yeah. because you work here? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real problem. Um, my therapist was trying to get me to, when people leave, because mm -hmm. um, honestly, sometimes people will leave and I'll just sit down on my computer, start working, start retouching. Mm -hmm. um, she's trying to get me to symbolically close the session. So okay. when people leave, like, ring a bell in each corner of the house or something like that, maybe cleanse the space in some other way. Um, but I do find it really hard. I never feel like I've left, you know, the so-called office or mm -hmm. whatever. I never feel like I've left work behind me. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know why, but I wake up at, like, 3 a.m., mm -hmm. especially these days, 3 or 4 a.m., and then I'm just up, and mm -hmm. I'll be like, mm, what should I do? Mm, might as well go work. And there's always something to do. Yeah. There's always a photo to retouch. There's always emails, um, whether it's like my agency or, or the photography business. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a problem. I haven't figured it out. I haven't balanced it. Um, I don't have any advice for anyone. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> there's a book called Atomic Habits. Have you oh, heard of it? I feel like, did you tell me about this? No, because I just read it. Mm, somebody um, else mentioned this to me, so it probably means I really need it. Did they say this part of the book where, like, you separate the spaces in your house? So, like, for me, I do a lot of my work in my bedroom because, uh -huh. like, that's my only me space. Mm -hmm. um, so I separate my desk is where I do work. One part of my bed is where I sleep and the other part of my bed is where I read. You've sectioned off your bed? 
Yeah. My God, I'm not that organized. Well, it's not like sectioned off with lines like, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if I read where I sleep, mm -hmm. I fall asleep while reading. Mm -hmm. But if I read where I read, then I don't. Yeah. And so it's like just... It's just a mind shift where it's like, okay, right here is where I work, but right there is where I watch TV or whatever. Yeah, probably do need to do that. I don't know. Like, I feel like it works for me, but at the same yeah. time, I'm huge on sticky notes too. And Crazy. so... You are organized. I'm the complete opposite of you. If I didn't have my assistant yeah. and Minji also helping me through life, mm -hmm. I don't think you'd be talking to me right now. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I just, I feel like my brain is so compartmentalized where it's like if things aren't written down or in an order, I just mm -hmm. like shut down. My, I don't know what to do. I need someone to tell me to do it. Yeah. If it's like something that's admin or, <clears throat> yeah, in that way, like something not creative, then I need someone to give me the structure. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. But I should read that book now that it's been mentioned to me twice. Probably meant yeah. to be in my path. It was really good. I Sometimes it's hard to get through those self-help books, but that one I just zipped through. It was really good. I love self-help books. Oh, I love them oh. too, but they can be difficult they to get through. Yeah, yeah. You read the first few chapters and you're like, okay, got it. Like, yeah, I'm you're like, I'm a changed yeah. woman. I don't not. need to read the next. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, oh shit, there's more to learn. Yeah. Um, when you paint, and mm. you paint a lot, it just for all <laughs> the listeners, I'm looking around and there's lots of paintings and I love them all. Because they're all mostly naked women. They are. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, thank you. Um, do you start a painting having, like, an idea of what you want it to look like? Or are you starting abstract and you're like, whatever happens will happen? A little bit of both sometimes. It depends. Usually more of the second option, though. Usually I feel like I want to paint something and I might then think of a rough idea and it never turns out looking like that original idea. Mm -hmm. But um, paintings kind of happen as you do them. I don't think they ever... Or maybe... I know some people paint in a very formulaic way. And it's very planned out. Mm. I'm definitely not that. I don't even really know what color is going to happen until I've like put it on. Sometimes I have a few different colors on my palette. And I just kind of use a sponge and then dab it. And whatever happens is it. Mm. Um, and I hope for the best. So, yeah, probably more intuitive than with an idea. Fair. I mean, I, I've tried to paint. First, I have no skills when it comes to drawing or anything. Like, I could barely do stick people. You could get better at it, though. I feel like it's frustrating in the beginning because you're not good at anything in the beginning. But you know what? I don't care about art. In oh, that type okay. of form. That should have been the first thing you said. You don't care about art. <laughs> You're sitting surrounded by paintings. No, but the thing is, is like I love yours and mm. I love I love art, but I don't care to do it myself. No, I because I care about many things. Right? Can appreciate it, but not going to do it. Yeah. Like I want it all over my future home, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but it won't be my own. Mm -hmm. um, I try to paint and it usually just ends up like... A solid color or like a couple solid colors. Well, that could go for a lot of money. I know. I just end up just making vision boards on top of it for yeah. me. So yeah. that's my that's what I do. You could do a collab. You could do a I can do the background, <laughs> the solid color background, yeah. and you could do the art on top. Actually, yeah, that because I hate doing the background. There you go. Sounds good. 
Awesome. Um, okay, let's talk about Wild Management, okay. which is your agency. Mm-hmm. Is it first specifically for models? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I opened it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the modeling industry since I was about 10 years old. So it kind of was a natural progression from working as a model, assisting at a different agency, and I eventually just felt um, a bit restricted with not being able to go further with the models that I had developed locally. I wasn't in charge of anything international. Mm. So the only way to do that was to start my own company. And yeah, I did that and we're a boutique model management agency. We place models globally. Oh, that's, that's so exciting. <laughs> I think with you, you're so cool how you just like do things. Like you just have an idea and then you do it. And we're going to get into that in a second because okay. I have a question specific for that. Okay. Um, but let's um, – okay, so Wild, yeah. you're big on transparency, transparency. Oh, my God. Yeah. Trans, is that right? Transparency. transparency. Yeah. I'm struggling. Transparency. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, why is it so important for you to be mm-hmm. transparent with your models? Well, I feel like the way that the modeling industry has been typically set up, um, it doesn't really favor models um, as business people. A lot of agencies will put random expenses on your account for things that aren't really legitimate expenses. Um, You kind of are not really in control of your finances and you don't really know where your money's going or where it's coming from. Um, So that bothered me with um, a few different situations throughout my life um and it was a general consensus between models in the fashion industry was these things need to be more transparent um and there's also this weird kind of um feeling that models are and I think it's oh I know a lot of actors have the same feeling where they're almost scared of their agent Mm. they feel like they work for the agent they have to please the agent um when really you are the one who hired the agent they work for you Mm -hmm. you are the business and you should treat yourself as such yeah you know of course your agent if they're good they're going to guide you and um develop you in the way you need to go but I really think that it's historically benefited these big conglomerate agencies to keep models kind of dumb like not Mm. really knowing how the business works not really knowing um what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. And I really wanted to empower the people that I worked with and not have anyone feel like they were being taken advantage of. And that just felt like the only right way to do it. Yeah. So when you, um, so are you an agent or you have agents working under the company? Both. Okay. So what's your style of being an agent then like do you like to have phone calls with your clients no no one I don't know any agent that likes to have phone calls no um yeah my acting agent is one of my best friends and both of us are just like oh this client wants to phone me that can be an email and it's not that I don't want to give you my attention with a phone call it's that it's usually more efficient for me to do my job for you Mm -hmm. if you email me something and it's also then there's a written record of what we've talked about and what we're going to work on and what we're going over and then I can go do it Mm -hmm. and then I can reference back to the email and you know um yeah I don't like being on the phone but that being said all of my models have my cell phone number yeah and um 
they text me whenever they need to. Yeah, that's what so, I do with my agent is if yeah. it's – I usually just text her I hate emailing yeah. and I definitely hate phone calls. The only thing I will say, though, is I actually need to try change that because when my models text me, mm -hmm. if I open that and I'm at a dinner, like I shouldn't be taking work texts. True. Mm -hmm. I open it and then I can't do anything about it right then and then, you know, I'm going to forget about it come Monday morning when yeah. the agency is open again. So the nice thing about um, – emails instead as you flag them and keep it unread but a text once I see it that's done yeah if I didn't do it in that moment it's never gonna get done oh I'm the exact same way yeah. and for the most part I purposely just let them be not work yeah not work related stuff but oh, you yeah, know yeah. personal I'm like ah I don't really want to talk right now. I'm yeah, just, just, I'm just gonna it. pretend I didn't see that. Yeah just leave um, it. What does an um an audition look like for a model? Oh, so it's called a casting. Okay. Or a casting in your accent. Right. Um, or a go-see, they call it both of them. Um, typically, you would arrive, um, put on some heels once you're at the location. Mm -hmm. Only the very new models wear the heels on the way, and then okay. they're like, dying by the time they get there. Mm. You have a portfolio that used to be very big physical books, where your portfolio is printed out and constantly updated. Go in, see the client. They might have you try on some clothing. Um but now everything is more digital. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the girls they just have a tablet. And yeah. Flip through their portfolio. Um, and then you leave. Okay. Sometimes so if they hate you, they'll just look at you and say, thank you. And not mm. even look at your portfolio. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> that's great industry. What can I say? <laughs> I know. That's the good thing about auditions being online for acting now oh, is yeah. you don't have to watch their faces yeah. or hear mumbling totally. or anything I've no. never done an in-person audition but oh, you it just, haven't no just the right. idea I just I wasn't acting at that time yeah I forget that um, yeah I was still in high school I much prefer self-tapes with acting and it's easy because I just have to go in my basement and I have my blue oh, wall and my lights relaxed. yeah and yeah. if I need a reader right away, I'll just FaceTime a friend. And yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound as good on their end, but yeah. also no one's paying attention to them either. Totally. Make my assistant read for me. She's actually really good. She should act. She won't, though. She'll never act. You know, either. sometimes when I'm a reader for other people, I'm like, I'm going to try and be the best reader uh -huh. that they ask about me. And yes. it's like, they're never <laughs> going to do that. No, probably not. You've said that you're not someone, and we're going to go, this is what I wanted to talk about a little early, earlier, is... You said you're not someone who likes to make a lot of plans for your life. You're kind of like, go with the flow, see what happens. Mm. But where does that confidence to do that come from? Because it could totally end in failure and you have to like set yourself up for that. Or maybe you don't. Like, No, it will never end in failure. Okay. Talk to me about <laughs> what's happening. I actually don't know what to tell you. Okay. Because I have, as I said, irrational and immeasurable self-belief right and I don't know why and I've thought about it it's not with everything right but it's okay. with things that I want to do I guess I'm just I've it never occurs to me mm -hmm. that I can't do anything or that I sh you know it's not going to work out um I don't know why I've thought about it maybe I developed it as kind of a survival mechanism from mm. feeling powerless at certain points in my life and and um, maybe that mindset was my only option. And maybe I just developed it in such a strong way that now it's my normal. Mm. Um, I still feel powerless in some areas of life. And obviously, 
that's never gonna end that's life I know um, um so I don't I don't really have an answer except that it is what it is but you know what it seems like that mindset is working out for you so yeah I mean if I lived in a fear mentality with I mean I didn't finish high school right. I would you know if you mm -hmm. look at that on paper like <laughs> it could have been pretty scary but I just somehow knew what was right for me and what wasn't and I still do um yeah I, I wish I could figure that out I think it makes sense though because well I mean like it does and it doesn't because I it doesn't make sense to me but it's like because I'm kind of like you I don't you think are. I'm to the point where you are, but I want to be. you're also so much younger than me. You, no, you definitely are. Okay. Yeah. Well, good, because that's what I want. Because if do you, you know why? No, well, I think you're right on, like, the powerless, you know, it's, like, a form of self-protection. Yeah, like, it's a survival technique. Yeah, for me, it's, like, if people are telling me I can't, then I have to be the one to tell myself that I can. Yeah. And so it's just, like... You know, you don't need people to support you and be behind you because you've got your own back. Mm -hmm. And so that's, for me, I think where it comes from is because I'm like, this makes you happy. You mm -hmm. want to do this. You don't need anyone else. Yeah. Just go for it. Just do it. And yeah. not with everything. And I, it's, I want it to be with everything. Mm -hmm. Like everything. Uh, how? Okay, so you said it's not with everything, just yeah. the things that you want to do. Yeah. And it's, for me... Not yet with all of the things I want to do. Yeah. Like there's But I still... felt a lot more barriers when I was your age. Okay. So, yeah, I felt a lot more... I always had this self-belief in place, but I felt a lot more obstacles um, earlier in life. Mm -hmm. I, I felt more frustrated and I felt like things weren't happening as quickly as I knew I was capable of doing them. Right. And that was just life circumstances. But um, I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> like, you're going to be fine. You oh. don't need to cross fingers. Okay, I won't. Yeah, um, exactly. With acting, and I think you, well, maybe you, I don't know, we'll see. It's like, <laughs> um, I'll say it and you can see if you relate to okay. it. Is you send off those auditions, right? And it's a no, uh -huh. but you don't get told it's a no. Yeah. And you don't get told why it's a no. Uh -huh. And so you're left on your own to be like, okay, they don't want me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because my acting wasn't good. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe they never even watched your tape. Maybe they didn't watch maybe it. Maybe they canceled the project. Maybe they canceled it. Maybe <laughs> I look too young. Maybe I'm too short. Like it's all of these, maybe it's, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And it's, it's just, it becomes kind of toxic yeah. Because we're like, maybe we're not good enough. Maybe I'm not tall enough or pretty enough or whatever enough. Mm -hmm. And it's like, maybe it wasn't any of that. Maybe they just found someone who fit the role better. It's usually not any of those things. It's usually just that they, yeah, they, they found someone that they really liked mm -hmm. or they completely changed direction of what they were looking for. Yeah. And you were just not that person. So it's not actually anything to do with you. Nothing wrong with you. Right. But it's hard when it's like audition after audition so it's those constant reminders too yeah. of of that's where I'll do it like Alexia you've got this you're gonna be a successful actor it's just gonna take some time so don't like get into a spiral and yeah. freak out like you've got this and so it works out and I think I don't know mm -hmm. if you 
agree, but I didn't have many people around me in my life who have the same mentality as mm-hmm. me. So I don't know if maybe that influences it as well. Like, oh, I see this person mm. setting boundaries for themselves and it not working for them. So right. I'm not going to set those boundaries. Right. I, hmm. In acting, I'm also a little bit weird where I don't, I think because I have so many avenues of creativity and so many different jobs, I don't think about it that much. I don't really dwell on things that much which is a blessing right um yeah it's interesting I think I would have to think about that more like you're saying seeing somebody else do something and it not work out personally not even related to acting like I'll say um a lot of my family members oh like one specifically is like yeah I wanted to be an actress too when I was young like that was my goal but you know then I realized it wasn't realistic yeah well you're two completely different people and that's I'm different with everyone in my family yeah and so saying that right so it's like I'm like okay well because you had that mindset you didn't Mm -hmm. try to act and you were not a successful actor yeah and so I will be because I'm not doing what you're doing totally and it's just like even with little things like even this podcast everyone's like okay but how can you make money off of it Mm -hmm. and I'm like well first I need like views to even you know get I think it also just takes a couple years exactly you do consistently and you are passionate about doing it I think will go well yeah but a lot of people are like well why are you doing it if you don't get paid who gives a shit yeah it's that and I'm like well because I like to so yeah. You know what? That's actually a good point you bring up because I've never been money motivated in anything that I've ever done. Yeah. And I've never needed money. Right. So I don't know energetically the formula for that, but like when I wanted to take photos, mm-hmm. I never thought, oh, well, I'm not being paid to take this or how can I monetize this? How long until I get paid to do this? Mm-hmm. You just have to do it because you love it and get good at it. Yeah. And then people will pay you for it. Yeah. Just over time, it will happen. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now with, like, with my family is, okay, you're doing the auditions and whatever, but when are you going to get a job? And I'm like, well, it's not up to me when I get a job. How long have you even been acting? Well, I graduated in March, so I got my agent in April. I think somebody once told me that it takes most people the minimum three years to get their first booking yeah and I'm I'm patient like I know it's coming but I think it's also they just don't know how the industry works and my mom I think it's also fear oh 100% yeah and uh that's why people will fear for us but we can't have that fear for ourselves oh my dad was terrified when I didn't finish high school yeah I'm sure if (laughs) I Also, I'm the opposite of my parents. I mm-hmm. mean, probably similar to you. Yeah. I'm not sure what your family does, but my my dad's side of the family is like medical legends. Mm. My grandpa worked on the first heart transplant ever. My dad is an amazing doctor. He's very proud of his Rate My MD score. <laughs> and my mom has probably like 10 degrees. Wow. Um, not 10, but you know. Yeah. She's, you know, learned her whole life, mm-hmm. and um, and then here am I, <laughs> yeah, just not really doing anything academic, 
and I didn't finish high school. Now, my dad was convinced I was going to be on the streets. When people go into the arts mm -hmm. in any form, mm -hmm. that's the first thought is like, because yeah. uh, even um, I was at a dinner for my friend's birthday mm -hmm. and someone's like, oh, what do you do? And keep in mind, everyone's around my age, a little older. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, oh, so you're broke. And I'm like, that's so annoying. I'm like, yes, but no, like, I'm like, like they're also, that's it's such a weird correlation to make because also right now, like most of the world is broke, right? Like, I'm like, you're not doing all, well yourself, yeah, not you, but this person. Totally, like that's such a judgmental way to look at it, mm -hmm. and a weird first thing to think, right? Very strange. But I think I think that's what most people who aren't in the arts immediately yeah. think. Like, oh, you're broke, or oh, so you work for yourself, or yeah, really? I work for myself, I yeah. run my own business. Like, yeah. that's more impressive than working for corporate or whatever. I think there's certain personalities that just thrive under self direction, and I you it, are one of them, yeah, definitely. You, I don't think you could ever have a boss, <laughs> no, god, no, even my mom is like, enough, yeah. you yeah. know, like, I'll go to what my biggest pet peeve with her is. I'll go to do something, mm -hmm. and as I'm about to do it, she's like, oh, by the way, can you do this? And I'm like, well, I was about to do it, but now I don't want to because exactly. you, you told me to. Me to do it. Yeah, you yeah. do it in your own time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I, I'm always like, I'm busy. She's like, what are you busy doing? Just do the, the dishes busy. or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm running an empire. Like, I'm trying to build one. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we're both strong women. Mm -hmm. uh, during our shoot last – well – when I was here last time was for my shoot. Yeah. You were talking, because I brought up skincare, you were talking about, like, sunscreen, you're not really into that, whatever. We won't get into that. <laughs> oh, my God. My agent's going to kill me. She had to put a disclaimer on the last podcast I did oh. because I said I don't wear sunscreen. Sunscreen. Um, well, they know. My listeners yeah. know that sunscreen is extremely important. It is. I will say, wear sunscreen, everyone. Mm -hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Even though these days I have been trying to wear it. Good. That's yeah. great. That's all that matters. Thank you. Um, but you were kind of saying like a lot of people come up to you and are like, oh, you don't look however old you are. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you look younger than what you look. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but me and all my friends, we look this age. Yeah, so I was, yeah, I remember talking about this with you. I think it's because we mm -hmm. see like 30-year-olds play high school on TV. Yeah. So we think that, you know, someone in their late 20s, if you look like a teenager on TV, people mm -hmm. think, oh, you look like a teenager. People always tell me like, oh, you look like you're 18 or 19. And I'm like, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I look like me. We're just used to seeing, if you look, you know what I mean, an yeah. actual like 15, 16, 18-year-old, I don't look like that. Yeah. Um, but then I also think that we have this idea of women that, mm -hmm. you know, you you age out of your 20s um, and then suddenly overnight you look old or something like that, as if that's old. And it just, most people don't change that much, um, yeah. you know, unless something drastic affects you. But yeah, it's very strange. And women have been conditioned to obsess over their youth. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about those... Like, because society puts so many pressures yeah. on women to look young, to have beautiful skin, yeah. to ha keep beautiful bodies, either having kids or not. Like, it's, it's toxic. Sad. It is yeah. toxic. I think it's sad, but I think it's also very cleverly designed um, mm. to keep women 
filling a certain position in society. You know, if you ask men who they admire, they will admire older men, um, men that have achieved things they want to achieve, men that inspire them in some way who are way older than them. Women don't admire older women. Mm. And I don't understand how we've gone so far from really valuing um, the matriarch in a family or, or anything like that and the wisdom and experience that comes with age, uh, I hope that one day we can get to a point where that's actually revered and respected. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure when that'll happen. Yeah, I don't know. I, th I think um, I'm probably... I So I fall under both categories mm -hmm. where I respect older women. Um, maybe not elderly. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I'm like, well, the elderly don't have, and I'm very one way with this, which isn't good. I'm like, well, they don't have the, like, mindset of today. Like, they're yeah. still stuck in the old ways of how the world works. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. Not all. Yeah. But then also, a lot of them might have so much wisdom mm -hmm. with things that maybe don't change that much. True. Like, when it comes to maybe more emotional things. Yeah. Um like love and stuff like that. I mm -hmm. feel like older women are essential mm -hmm. to guiding younger women through those things. Yeah. I think yeah. I yeah, I think it depends too like who those older women are in your life. Totally. Like my grandparents, I Oh my god, of course, like there's some older people that are completely batshit yeah. and like backwards and you shouldn't listen to anything they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, of course. There's all, all types in the world, but... But even with love, like, I think mm -hmm. my grandparents, all, both um, my grandmas would be like, don't do it. Like, Just at the end of the love. day... Well, no, they they want me to ha get married and have a family, they but I don't do, want like, that. the traditional thing. Yeah. Okay. But they're both not happy with their husbands and so I mean, it's not kind of makes sense why they're giving you this very negative right well I never ask for advice either oh. I'm just not that type of person advice is my favorite oh my is it really <laughs> I can't stand it I think nothing is worse no truly nothing is worse yeah I think um I look up to older no I know you don't like pop culture but I love to look up to like yeah Pop culture. I love Kris Jenner. Yeah, I mm -hmm. heard she's actually really, really nice. I don't know her personally, but from the interviews. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I have um, some friends that have worked with her and apparently an amazing person. So yeah, look up to her. Yeah. Well, I want to yeah. look like her when I'm her age. You will, with your skincare routine. Right? You're be just fine. I know. Um, <laughs> and I want to like, she's so active. Mm -hmm. Like I, and I think too. She's funny. She's funny. You know, she's rich. She's she doing well. She's doing just fine. So I, that's what I want to be like. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Same oh my situation. God. She's amazing. So yeah, like I, I look up to, I think it's important that we look up to people who are doing what we want to do. Yeah. Because then we kind of have like a pathway or, or I don't know. Yeah. I just heard someone was telling me, um, why are you listening to advice from people who have never done what you want to do? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, why am I? Yeah, and don't do so that. I stopped and I was like, yeah, I'm only going to listen to advice from people who are successful yeah. in where I want to go. Yeah, and definitely. so 
this podcast helps me with that because yeah. I get to bring on people who I like. Aw. Let's do some rapid fire. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you a question okay. and answer. Okay. Um, I'm stressed out. It's going to be fine. Okay. What book would you love to be made into a movie? A Little Life because it's my favorite book, but I also don't think they would do it justice, so please don't do it. Okay, and what's that about? Oh, God. <laughs> like 800 pages of sadness. Oh, oh, sad? Um, it's sad? Oh, yeah. I think mm. I cried the whole time I was reading it, but I loved it. That's good. It's the most beautiful story ever written. Interesting. I should yeah, check it about, out. It's about love of all forms. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What's your favorite form of self-love? Uh, therapy. Ooh, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. What makes a photo magical? It being unplanned. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what do you want to express through your art? I think I kind of asked that in the first question, but... Yeah, I just think we underestimate beauty and beauty opens our senses. Mm. And I think that's valuable enough just to look at something you find beautiful. Ooh, this is, this is the biggest question that okay. all actors want to know. Okay. Are headshots more about the actor, like showing off the actor, uh -huh. or showing off acting abilities? More about the actor. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that one quickly? Yeah, not that I've ever thought about this before. Mm -mm. Um, no, I really haven't. <laughs> but I think more about the actor because um, the purpose of your headshot is to get you seen. Mm -hmm. And once you're seen, then your acting ability can do its thing. Right. Um, a lot of actors in session with me get really caught up in what secret should be behind their eyes or what they were thinking of and what story they're whatever. And those shots always look the most contrived and the least interesting. Yeah. I think that if you just strip away everything and you are yourself, there's intrinsically something left over that's just you. And that should ultimately be the thing that you're leading within your headshot. It should just be you. It should be captivating and dynamic well composed mm -hmm. um but think about it you're being submitted with thousands of other actors yeah you're a thumbnail like an inch big on breakdown express or wherever they're submitting you mm -hmm. and you need to stand out and get called in for an audition yeah that's what a headshot should do yeah or you know when it comes down to you and two or three other people and by that point all of you are talented enough to get the job right but you know, the network is going to look at your tapes. You're all talented enough. And then there's three headshots in front of them. And mm -hmm. they might be some dude in a suit who's not even creative, but he makes the final decision. And he might look at a headshot and say that one, because mm -hmm. I trust that person for whatever reason in that photo. I trust them to put all this money into them and to trust them with this role. Yeah. So. Yeah, headshots are extremely important. Yeah, I guess so. Now that I've just thought about all of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was when I was in college, they would, you know, you're not going to get a job without a good headshot, whatever, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. Right. You know, there's always the exception, but definitely, um, I love looking at people, like, six months to a year after I've shot them to mm -hmm. see they always have credits. Mm. It's going to happen for me soon. I know it will. Um, I'll do a spell for you. I'll do some witchcraft. Yes, please. I need it. Um, so... Because the first set of headshots I got were not from you. Let I me know. be clear. Oh, I know. Um, and, you know, to me, they were just pictures. I don't really know what to look for. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm in it. Yeah. 
And uh, my agent didn't like it. You saw them. You're like, oh, you know. I don't I remember mean? them. I must have done a control or delete in my brain. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, but I remember you looking at them, and when I came in, you're like, yes, we're not going to do any of that. And when I when I was in the last shoot, it was, okay, now this one's for Hallmark, or now we're uh, CW, and, um, you know, you've got some, you've got that secret, or your boyfriend just cheated on you, and it was, okay. it was like, okay, I mean, that's none of these are like so, one looks. That's so contrived. Yeah. I also just think if you were to look up any of the people that you admire and mm-hmm. you would want to emulate their careers, would they ever have a picture like that? No. no. They would just have a good portrait of themselves, looking confident, looking like a leading lady. Yeah. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. And for everyone listening, the photo that I use in for my art and everything <laughs> is one of the pictures that Jenna shot for me. So You were very easy to shoot. Oh, thank you. Um, I want, I keep telling you, or I keep saying to myself, and I told you before that I really want a nude photo shoot. Oh yeah, anytime. Yeah, because yeah. uh, when I'm 80 years old, I yeah. want to look back and be like, oh. Do you yeah. know how many actors end up naked at the end of their shoot with me? So I'm not many even women, shocked. Not men. Right. <laughs> not, not really interested in shooting nude right. men. Right. Um, but yeah, so many women by the end. I guess because also, like, when I shoot, I just like to hang out. And yeah. we always end up talking about, like, love, dating relationships. Mm-hmm. By the end, we're kind of, we know each other. Right. It's also been a bit of a therapy session. Everyone's really comfortable. Yes. So many girls at the end are like, I just really want a topless photo. Like, I really want to be naked. Like, do it. Do it, yeah. Yeah, do it. Why not? Yeah. I know. Uh, I look at all your photos, too, and I'm just like, oh, everyone just, it's, it's never sexualized. Yeah. And that's what is so beautiful about them is it's just, like, a confident woman, you know, living her best life. It's Thank not you. for anyone. That is so observant because I only realized that um, I couldn't put my finger on, you know, I love painting and yeah. shooting the female body, but I'm not interested in it being sexualized. Yeah. I mean, that's also fine. And mm-hmm. sometimes maybe it is that. Yeah. Um, maybe they want that specifically. Yeah, the same way it could be in any other direction. Yeah. But I love naked women just chilling Mm -hmm. not for the male gaze not for any specific gaze but just because it's your body and you live in it yeah that's what I like it's just like yeah it's just this is who I am and I want to remember our bodies are going to change and grow and age and it's like I want to remember this moment where and I know future Alexia will one day be like I wish you were more confident and so and also all of the things that we're insecure about now mm-hmm. we'll look back in five or ten years and just say wow I was so beautiful and yeah. I should have really just embraced myself and felt good about myself still yeah. doing rapid fire we're still doing rapid okay. fire okay go and for the people who don't know this you also pole dance so yeah. the next question is what's your favorite pole dancing song right now my favorite pole dancing song is called Falling Down, mm-hmm. and the artist is called T-H-E-O-S. I don't know how to say it, so I'm not going to. I don't need, I wouldn't know how. Theos? Sounds right to me. Yeah, let's go with that. That is currently my favorite pole dancing song. I get obsessed with one song at a time, and then I, I literally, I walked around the city for an hour today listening to just that song. Mm, I get obsessed with artists, mm. so I will not stop I listening to their music. Yeah. yeah. And still. it's usually on rotation of 
Ariana Grande. I love her too. Yes. She's so talented. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Um, Kelly Clarkson, mm-hmm. Katy Perry, and a band named Little Mix. Oh. And it's usually just Wait, them. are they like, they're not from here, are they? No, they're from the UK. Yeah, I thought so. I was going to yeah. say. But they opened for Ariana, one of her concerts, and I've been to all of Ariana's concerts. So I saw them, and I was like, oh my god, I love them, and mm-hmm. their music is insane. So I just, I'm a huge fan of Little Mix. Did you go to Ariana when she did Sweetener here? I've been to all of her concerts here, yeah. Me and Minji went, and she just looked so sad. Like, you could just tell, like, she shouldn't be on stage. Like, she needs to rest. Yeah. She is grief. She's yeah. everything. And I think she's finally having that moment. Oh, my God. She deserves it. Yeah. And people don't... Just be married and be happy. She needs to have a kid. No. Really just live life. Like, so selfishly, I don't want her to have children. Really? I'm going to be so jealous of them. I'm like, I want that love from you, Ariana, not your kids. (laughs) I think she'll still give it to her fans. Oh, I'm sure. But, like, specifically me. Oh, just you? Just me. She could maybe adopt you. That's a dream. That would be the best (laughs) dream ever. Yeah. Um, What book made you rethink your life? Um, actually, it's a book that I haven't finished. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it right now, and it's called The Wild Edge of Sorrow. Ooh. And it's about grief and how, I mean, I'm not even halfway through it, but it's pretty much about how our culture shuns grief and mm-hmm. banishes grief and a lot of other intense emotions into the shadow realm, and then that becomes something that just bubbles up later. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, how we pick and choose what we're allowed to feel. And I think it's really something that our culture struggles with. Like not knowing how to deal with death and grief and not ever talking about it, not having really practical ways to process it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life. So this book is very, it's almost cathartic. I feel you. I read the book... um... The Year of Magical Thinking, Joan mm. Didion. I love that book. It's all about grief as well. Yeah, that was a, a wild book to read for me because I felt like I could have written some of the exact same thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, es- especially, um, well, you know, and I know this already, but when she would just emphasize on life is normal mm-hmm. and then everything changed. Yeah, you become a different person in one split second. Yeah, or someone dies in one split second. Both things happen, yeah. Yeah, and that screwed with my mind. That's true, it really happens like that. I've become a different person many times. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with grief as well, and it's like everybody comes out of it differently, right? But um, I think there's, there's like an expectation also to only say good things about people who have passed away totally and then that's not even really fully honoring them no who they fully were yeah yeah and um it's weird because a lot of people who always ask like my dad passed away when I was nine a lot of thank you I'm fine with it now but Mm -hmm. like um a lot of people are like well what do you think your life would have been like if he was alive and it's like well I don't know no it's also a lot of people ask questions without realizing the place that they're catapulting mm-hmm. your brain into. Yeah. And may not be helpful to be asked that by whoever's asking it to right. you. Right. Um, but it also, like, poses more questions in my own mind where I'm like, 
you know, I'm really happy with where I am mm-hmm. in this point in my life. Mm-hmm. If some, if he didn't pass away, would I still be here? Would I yeah. be as happy? You would just have a different, it would be a different universe that you're yeah, living in. Definitely. But it, it's like, um, it's just weird because it's kind of like a negative thought, some might say. Yeah. And it's taken me a while to be like, yeah, life could be different, and maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't like the life that I had if he was still alive, but, you know, we don't get this choice, yeah. so we and have the thing to live is, with there's it. no way to tell. You could yeah. be infinitely happier, Yeah, you could be infinitely sadder, and mm-hmm. it's just pointless to go down that yeah. path in your brain. We're fine now, you know what I mean? It's like, who cares about the what-ifs? It's, I, I made it through it. I mean, you're lucky to be at that point. Yeah, yeah. it's, but... He passed away, like, almost 11 years ago, so yeah. it's not like it Grief took... is a funny thing, though. I mean, you could... A lot of people think, oh, I've, I've dealt with it, yeah. and then it comes up when they're 45, or, mm-hmm. or some people, when they have a kid, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or just a random day sometimes, Just a random too. day, yeah. And yeah. You, something reminds you. So I think it's a lifelong process, mm-hmm. and you never really know what the next part of it is going to be. Yeah. Which I, is scary, but, you know, living in uncertainty is necessary. Yeah. I think, for me, the thing that I realized while reading The Year of Magical Thinking is that have since I've dealt with grief mm-hmm. and death before, it only makes me more scared with having to deal with it again. Yeah, that's a real thing. Um, once your brain is wired for that trauma, yeah. you're constantly expecting it to be around the corner. It's like waiting in the next room for you. I yeah. deal with that all the time. I feel both things. I feel, in one sense, always waiting for the next crisis to happen. Yeah. And because they haven't really stopped. And then in the other way, it's almost liberating because when you feel like you've just lost everything, there's nothing more to lose. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things lose meaning. That maybe weren't that meaningful to begin with. So it's complex. It is. It really is. I should read that book again. It's been a while. Oh, it was really good. And it's a short read, too. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Well, not easy, but it's quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, This one's not complex. What's your favorite constellation? Uh, Well, maybe it is complex with that side. (laughs) (laughs) A little. The Pleiades. I'd love to go to the Pleiades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to go. I mean, that's a very big space we're talking about, but yeah, the Pleiades. Mine's the Big Dipper. I just got it tattooed on my body, actually, right here, but I'm wearing a bodysuit. you just suit. get fully tatted up? You have one on your arm? Is that... Yeah, so this is new. I really like It's that like one. all smudged up because of the paper right now, but it means self-love. I love that. Love it, too. And then, yeah, the Big Dipper is here, but instead of stars, it's flowers where the oh, stars nice. are, and it connects. And That's a really moon. cool idea as a way to get a constellation with. Like it's a not original. Element. It's not mine. It I just matter. I nothing is original. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and then last time I was here, I was telling you that I want to get an alien and a UFO. Yeah. And I did. I got it. Can you see it? Yeah, I can. Yeah, oh my God, just that's tiny. So cute. And then I got a little turtle. Aww. And then my other one that I Wait, had. Why a turtle? Oh, for my dad. Oh. Yeah, we used to make sand turtles when we would go to the beach and stuff. Cute. So I got that for him. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love love tattoos. Yeah. Um, I just posted an episode about all the tattoos that I want. So if you haven't listened to that, listeners, tune in. Yeah, go check it out. If you can move to any planet, which would it be? Sirius B. 
Ooh. I uh, love that. I'm not going to explain. Okay. If you know, you know. Mine's Pluto. Mm. Um, fave sci-fi you've watched. No, you... I got to go back to that. Good for you, Pluto, the underdog of the solar system. Oh. kind of got kicked out. The moment I found out Pluto wasn't a I, planet anymore. It's still a planet to me. Oh, absolutely. Pluto, yeah, always going to be. And I never say I love you to the moon and back. I say I love you to Pluto and back. That's way further away. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point. I'm like, <laughs> the moon isn't that far, guys. No, she's right there. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're, if you watch sci-fi, what would be your favorite? Or <laughs> never watched. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I'm like, s- what would be my favorite? I was, it was just, what's your favorite sci-fi you've watched? I haven't. There, that's Wait. the answer. One of the only movies I've ever seen is Avatar. Is that sci-fi? Yeah. Love I Avatar. think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Whatever. absolutely. It's. You know what? Just shout out to Avatar. And either I went to see it by myself the other day. <laughs> yeah, I saw you posted about it or something. Yeah, it was my brother's birthday, mm. and so I went kind of in honor of him and mm-hmm. feel like he was there in spirit with me. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's one of my is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. No, just the first one. Yeah. Okay. That's all that's out now. Is. I thought there was more. No, so the second one is coming out, but the first okay. one got re-released in theaters, so that's what I saw. Okay, I see, I see. <laughs> I watched the movie years and years and years ago. And I could, I should watch it again. Mm, you should, you really should. I could watch it every day. We're going to talk about space, okay. ET, and all of that super fun stuff. Yes, please. Uh, you always say that you wish you weren't on this planet. Mm-hmm. Where do you wish you were, and why do you want off Earth? I think this is the most difficult question out of the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yay. Um, you know what? I probably feel it much more acutely when I'm much more depressed. Mm. Um, and when life is just frustrating and confusing to me, that's probably when I wish I was off Earth mm-hmm. most. But I also don't really know how to put it into words because I often feel a sense of homesickness for a place that I've never been in this life. Interesting. I feel... I don't belong. I feel um, like a longing for something that I can't remember, and I don't. I don't know how to explain. <laughs> oh no! But I feel like I also get like it. look around. The world is beautiful in many ways, right? But people are unwell. Mm-hmm. Society is unwell. Um, I'm sure there are civilizations out there that are much more advanced than us. And can you take this is you know what? Consider this a public plea. Mm-hmm. And I've made many, but this is gonna be another one. Just take me. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready to go. I'm tired of this. I'm just take me to your planet. And when you're on the way to get Jenna, you can pick me up too. Yeah, it's not that far if you have a spaceship. <laughs> you spaceships travel yeah. at the speed of light, so it really yeah. isn't that far. Yeah. Or UFOs, not spaceships. Whatever. I mean, who knows what the aliens call them. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I think you answered it beautifully. Oh, thank you. Um, speaking of abductions, yeah. what is your dream alien abduction? So I'm not really sure if you can abduct the willing. Okay. Which oh. is me. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because I'm like ready to go. So I don't know if that's like an abduction or mm-hmm. if it's just a friendly voyage. Mm. Um, but... You know, in my dream scenario, I've never really thought about it. I guess if I woke up in the middle of the night and there was an alien in my room and they were like, hey, let's go, mm-hmm. I'd 
be thrilled. You'd pack your bags or leave them? No, what do I need that for? Right. Listen, where I'm going, I don't think I'm going to need anything from <laughs> Earth. I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, come into my bedroom. I don't know. Come out in my front yard. Like, just come pick just me up. Just let me know. Let yeah. me know. Do it however you got to do it. Yeah, you yeah. just went off. Let's just go. Yeah. Oh, Fair. Lord, he came and joined us. He loves talking about aliens. Oh, I, I understand. It's the best conversation. I know. I watched a documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, um, gosh, I don't know. It's something UFOs. I've probably watched it. It was really I do, good. I do watch like uh, true crime or alien documentaries yeah. or interviews, things like that. I do like. I just yeah. other stuff. I can't remember. Oh, it's just it was so interesting, and it was like every fact was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I got my brother to watch it, and you know he's like, "Yeah, but they could have faked a lot of it." And I'm like, "No." Just listen though, they didn't fake it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure things have been faked. Right, but even. I mean, if you've read even the first few pages of Carl Sagan's Cosmos, like mm-hmm. the mathematical probability that we are alone in the universe is just too low for me to entertain as a possibility. The universe is we don't so even so big. I don't, don't even, even know. No, we'll like, never know until we die or they take us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the probability that we are alone is so low; mm-hmm. it's almost impossible mathematically. Yeah. And um, Earth is such a young planet, and human beings have only been on Earth for a millisecond, mm-hmm. you know, a fraction of the amount of time the Earth has been around. Imagine if human beings, just as primitive human beings, had been around for a million more years. I think we've been here for about 200 to 250,000 years. Imagine a million years. What are we going to be capable of? Now think of a civilization that's maybe a billion years old. Why is it crazy to think any of these things? Yeah. It's not. It is Look not at, at the, all. you know, the leaps and bounds we've made technologically in even 50 years. Yeah. Extrapolate that. It's wild. Of course we'd be flying to different solar systems and mm-hmm. constellations. And it said, it said too that um, the beings that fly the UFOs here, I think they have one or something at Area 51. I don't know. They have an engine or something. I think they have a lot of them in a lot of different military bases. Oh, I'm sure. But apparently there's an element Mm. that um, has not been discovered on Earth yet. Mm. And so people are like, oh, it doesn't exist. But it exists. We just don't know of it yet. It's wild that people would assume that something doesn't exist because it's not found on one planet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... That is just insane to me. Yeah, it really is. And so um, it's like the engine of the UFO and it's like transparent or whatever, like it's liquid and yeah. it's really cool and it can... I did read about this. Yeah, it, it's, yes. it's all so interesting. And it creates forward propulsion without mm-hmm. any kind of gas and yeah. defies gravity. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is why they can go through time warps mm-hmm. and stuff. And they can kind of um, travel with right angles and... Yeah. Yeah, they don't use normal for yeah. And that just shows how much more advanced totally they are than us because we don't even know. Listen, not that long ago we thought the earth was flat. Wait, can you imagine if Period. right now I just told you that I was one of those people that thinks the earth is still flat? You still think it's flat? Can you imagine if I just said that? How, what would you do? 
Um, just go with it. Like, ask me questions. Sure, I would go with it. I would, yeah. I would, um. Don't, no, not, don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it looks pretty round from here, but. Sure does. Uh, love it. Okay, yeah. have you had an out-of-body experience or paranormal um, experience? And if so, what was that like? I have, um. First of all, I think a lot of my dreams are paranormal experiences mm. and out of body. I have a lot of lucid dreams, which is not really out of body, but you're not in your body either. So right. I've had a lot of sleep paralysis where I'm conscious, but I'm not in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I have astral projected a couple times, not, not deliberately. Um, and those things can be scary. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's happening and um, can feel out of control. But other than that, I would say it's mostly dreams I've had where things have been said to me or I've experienced things that were real Mm. or they then happened. Right. I've had those types of things. But um, not like, oh, it's all a ghost or anything like that. Right. What about you? Oh, yeah. Um, there was this one moment where it, it just, like, is in my memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got – it was the middle of the night. Everyone was sleeping, and I woke up because I had to go pee, so I went up. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking to the washroom, I could hear my mom calling my name. Like, yeah. But not Alexia. She goes, Ale, Ale. And I go, one sec. So I go pee, and I come back, and I look in her room, and she's, like, dead asleep never was awake or anything and that like the fact I've never like I see auras and Mm -hmm. stuff but I've never had like a ghost or or whatever call out my name I think I've had a couple things like that too it was usually also it's also usually when you're half asleep or Mm. and you're not dreaming but I think you're just tuned into a different frequency yeah consciousness yeah and you're aware of things that you ordinarily wouldn't be it's crazy, but yeah. I know, I know my house is like, if you want to say haunted, say haunted, but I don't feel any bad vibes yeah. from anything. Um, I'm just like, I set boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to do is like, if you feel that there's a paranormal being in your home, yeah. you know, when I go to bed, I say, no, like you're not allowed in my room and don't hurt my dog. And they say that works. Yeah. 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 Set boundaries with spirits. Mm-hmm. You don't Absolutely. like. Don't be afraid of them. No. Just you're the one who's I living. I used to be. I used to mm. be so scared falling asleep when I was much younger. I would convince myself that someone was going to psychically attack me in my mind while I was sleeping. Some dark negative entity. Mm. That's all gone now. I think. I think I was. You know. I think oh. something was making my brain so dark. I think that that definitely can happen mm-hmm. and I also think the more you think about it and believe that that's going to happen yeah the more you're open to it happening yeah I think so I think I'm still at that point where something at night is just like let's yeah. give you the darkest thoughts but I've accepted it now yeah I'm like whatever thoughts you give me will one day turn into a movie You're so, so you know strong. what keep happening good for you thank you like yeah. I've had my mom's killed me in dreams oh my god Alexia full terrorist attacks like what? it's the craziest thing Ugh. it like I murders in my backyard like it's just crazy things have happened in my dreams where I'm like that was insane but could make for a good script oh definitely um do you believe 
in alternate universes? And if so, what do you think you would be like in a different universe? I mean, that is such a broad question. I do believe in alternate timelines mm -hmm. and universes. Um, I think there's probably a few timelines that are more stable than others, and then mm -hmm. maybe they collapse into each other, and um, existence and consciousness and life and death and all these things are so complex, and we yeah. have no understanding of them, really. So I'm sure there are many different versions of me. Um, I like the version that I am. Mm -hmm. So I think it's too broad to say what I would be like. It depends on the circumstances. Fair enough. I, yeah. yeah, every little thing makes us who we totally are. Totally sends you on a different trajectory. Yeah. If yeah. I had to guess what my, like this is kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm like, if I had to guess what alternate Alexia would be like, she mm -hmm. would be doing all the things that I hate or like don't want for myself so like yeah. she would have kids she would be married she yeah. would be a housewife and like living that life yeah and that's just opposite of who I am and so I feel like that's what do you feel like that would ever change for you or do you feel like you just know yeah I feel like it might change like I think I need to fall in love with someone yeah. who really changes my mind because I'm so erratic and mm -hmm. like I said I've never planned anything yeah but I've never I never grew up thinking oh I'm gonna get married and have mm -hmm. kids I never thought about it I never yeah. thought oh I never want to do that but mm -hmm. I just it's like anything else in my life it's mm -hmm. if that if I want to do that then I will yeah and I feel like professionally I've just accomplished so much I'm almost like what am I not that I've accomplished um well you have for me, more than I ever thought I would because mm -hmm. I didn't plan any of it. Right. So I feel like, okay, like I've done these cool things. Mm -hmm. And like, what haven't I done? I'm like, do I just go and like get married and have kids now? Yeah, like, <laughs> like what's next? I guess that would yeah. be the next step. I don't know. I mean, there's no rush to do that, but. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't know. It seems, uh, it seems like a lot of work to have Definitely. children. I mean, and life is a lot of work. Mm. Yeah, period. Yeah. Um. Do you think, okay, I love this question. Do you think that aliens hate, kill, judge, and treat other aliens the way that humans treat humans? I'm sure there are some primitive civilizations that do. There's probably some alien races that are younger than humans and then probably probably more than us. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that there are probably races that are so loving and yeah. the opposite of us. Mm -hmm. And that probably keeps the universe going. Yeah. And um, and that's who you want to be abducted by? I, I want to be abducted by a race of aliens that is so far advanced in their mm -hmm. consciousness that they don't even have physical bodies. Oh. They're like, tw maybe not 12th dimension. You know, like, I will take a 6th dimension being. Wow. Like, bring me to your people. Just take me. Wow, I don't even know what a sixth dimension person would look like. Well, they don't look like anything. Right. That's the thing. I know. Or they that... would just look like light to Ooh, us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just or transcend could... to the light. Yeah, or they could maybe project their body to look like whatever they would want it to look like. Oh, I like that. I huh. mean, our eyes don't even really see everything that's in front of us. Dolphins see more than us. Yeah, that's so crazy. Who knows? It's all a crazy thought. I yeah. just feel like maybe they, they wouldn't, 
you know, some of them would maybe be nicer to each other. I'm sure most of them. Yeah. I think that... I feel like they know that killing each other is stupid. Yeah, I mean, for their own survival as well. Look at us. We're on the brink of killing the earth. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think a civilization would make it millions of years with violence being the kind of... Yeah, answer. Yeah, so I'm sure um, what makes most sense in my mind is the civilizations that become really advanced mm -hmm. probably are more loving. Yeah, and that makes people. total sense. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be loving to, like, work yeah. together and thrive. Like, what are we doing here with nuclear weapons? <sighs> what, like, what are we even up to? I don't know. What is going on? And We're they're coming unwell. to tell us. They're telling us that they're these trying. nuclear weapons are not it's good It's not it. It's not the vibe. Mm -mm. But, um... What do we need them for? If we all don't have them, then we don't need them. But it's also, like, what are you gonna do? Literally blow up the world? Mm -hmm. end the earth yeah. to win your war you're yeah. gonna end existence of humankind oh it would li it would be the real life the hundred it's so stupid yeah yeah i guess that is the premise of the hundred yeah <laughs> like it really is yeah. okay so this game is pretty simple in the just in the i I'm think gonna be, i'm gonna be bad at it i already know i tried to i tried to make a little bit Harder ones, I okay. think. A couple easy. Okay. But I'm going to describe a show or a movie mm. that you've been in mm. um, based on their, like, plot, like, straight from IMDb, copy and, and paste. guess. And you have to guess what the project was and, if you can, your character name. Okay. So project number one. A teenager assumes her murdered friend's identity and takes shelter with the girl's estranged family. But her vengeful pimp threatens her new life. <laughs> Doesn't that sound interesting? My life is a dead girl? Yeah! Oh my god! Do you know your character's name? Mackenzie. Yeah. 2015. Wow. Yeah. I'm a genius. There you go. Project number two. Oh god, I'm really nervous. Set 97 years after a nuclear nuclear war <laughs> destroyed civilization, when a spaceship housing humanity's lone survivors sends hundred juvenile delinquents wow. back to Earth. Hoping, I have no idea. Right? Mm. I, I just, I don't know. What could it be? Hmm. That's the hundred. Yep, and what was your character's name? Karina. Yes, it was. Mm, I'm so good at this. I didn't think I, I didn't practice for this. Good. I didn't want you to. No, I didn't. That's why I didn't tell you. Well, I obviously. didn't think we were going to do it. Well, I told you, things go by pretty fast on the podcast. Yeah. Um, number four. Mm -hmm. A man follows a dysfunctional family vying to control the future of their wealth. What? Yeah. This is recent. A man. I did something recently? Not like recent, recent, but like recent. What? I have not. Wait. A man follows a dysfunctional family vying to control the future of their wealth. It's a show. A TV show. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you. Mm -hmm. I got no idea. The next one. Uh -huh. A shy teenager falls in love with the strange new girl at school who always wears a mysterious red backpack. Oh, Carl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your name? Oh my god, I forgot my name in Carl. Um, it ends in Antha. Samantha. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is the final one. Yeah. The fight to stay relevant 
The only way to succeed is to remind their community that they provide something big corporates can't. Human connection. When was this? Recent, recent. But like this year, recent. Oh, Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you <laughs> did that. I don't know if you met her or worked with her at all, but Stephanie Isaac is also on that. I don't think we worked together. And she's, her episode comes out on Wednesday. She came on the podcast. The show too. comes out on Wednesday? No, no, no. My podcast oh, episode I thought you with her. Blockbuster. Okay. No. Oh, cool. Uh, do you know your character's name for that? Brit. Yes. Yeah, because I just filmed that. Right. I'm sure it <laughs> yeah. would be on your mind. My character is Brit, and it was really fun. It sounds fun. Yeah. It it's was about really the last experience. blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I know it sounds lame to say, but it's actually so funny. Okay, let's talk about BC Cerebral Palsy Association. Yes, please. Um, what is CP, mm-hmm. and why is this cause the one you chose to focus your time on? So the term cerebral palsy refers to a spectrum of effects of a one-time brain injury. It happens around the time of birth. So it's a, it affects neuromuscular function, um, and it can affect any motor control, including walking or speech. Um, and sometimes it's noticeable and sometimes it's not. Um, my brother had CP, so it's something that I was close to growing up. Um, my mom also worked with, she's a physiotherapist in South Africa, and so she worked with a lot of kids that um, had different kinds of disabilities. And so I've just always been around it. And um, yeah, especially after losing my brother, it's become such an important thing for me to bring awareness to. Um, and yeah, meeting even more kids living with CPs just, um, it reminds me how important it is to, mm-hmm. just that that's what really matters, you know, the connection with those kids and puts everything else into perspective. Yeah. You know, the things that we stress about, even even some of the stuff we've talked about today, like, you know, us aging and mm-hmm. the industry, all these things, at the end of the day, when I'm involved with those kids, it yeah. just doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do when you're with them? Like, do you guys play, cra- like, do crafts and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, so they have um, all sorts of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they work to support people with CP to create and discover their place in the community. Um and help people feel like valued members and contributing members of society, which can sometimes be confusing um, when you live with a disability. So there's so many programs. For me, myself, um, because I'm in the visual arts, Mm -hmm. before COVID, I was doing art classes with the kids, which was really fun. Um, Not very structured, kind of just, you know, express yourself with art. And, um, you know, sometimes they went a little wild. I had my toes painted. My face got painted a lot. (laughs) Um, my nail, yeah, just, just have a good time. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, you know, help out volunteering at different events that they hold and it's not art related, but it's always involved with the kids. Mm -hmm. And today is cerebral palsy day. It is. Yes. And green is the color. So I think Mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of, um, landmarks around Vancouver that are lit up green today for the day. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look around when yeah. I'm heading home. I think um, like in Coal Harbor where that Cactus Club is, that big structure that looks like a big cross. Okay, I mean, yeah. I think that's lit up green. It might be easy to see it 
Um, at night. At night, yeah. But it's such an important organization. It mm -hmm. basically just um, helps these people to be recognized without the stigma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where can people learn more about the association? Um, yeah, the other website is bccerebralpalsy.com. Um, you can go there and learn all about it. Um, get involved if you want to. There's a lot of different programs for people living with CP and for their families. Um, it helps people across their lifespan. Um, they're always working to increase awareness of CP and there's kind of something for everyone. So the programs include recreational activities such as yoga, dance, movement therapy. I've done dance classes with the kids too, and mm -hmm. it's really fun. Um, and there's also separate support groups for parents, youth, and seniors. So aside from that, um, you can donate, you can kind of do anything. They offer funding for summer camps, post-secondary education. Um, some kids or people need assistive equipment. So it kind of depends on the person where they allocate their funds. Oh, that sounds so good. I love yeah. organizations that actually post things as well totally it yeah it makes a change because then the children get to be just themselves around yeah, people they, and they get don't to be to. themselves and they get to be involved in these things and yeah. not be singled out as special or yeah. different you know um if we could erase the stigma and stop seeing people with disabilities as being other then mm -hmm. we would all benefit from a more diverse and inclusive community so yeah absolutely i think it's really something that has also recently come to the forefront of kind of culture and a little bit I think more people are talking about I the disabled so. community so and that's amazing. slowly not enough yet yeah it's not exactly the a buzzword yet or anything like that but um slowly yeah people yeah. are talking about it more so yeah well, thanks, thanks for asking about yeah, that yeah thank you for answering so glad that we got to do it on that day as well yeah I know yeah. yeah yeah today is October 6th yes it, it is. won't be October 6th when it comes out but no. Um, to end off, I have one more question. Yeah. Um, so you wrote a poem. Yeah. I don't brush my hair, and I sleep till noon. My house is messy, and I speak to the moon. Mm. First, I also don't really brush my hair, as That's you can really tell. really bad, yeah. Um, I, don't, I sleep as long as I can as well, mm. and my room is messy. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, I also speak to the moon. Yeah. Um, what type of conversations do you have with the moon? It's actually so funny because I stopped for a while. Mm -hmm. And then recently I was feeling so sad. Um, my brother's birthday was on October 1st. Mm -hmm. And I always really need to withdraw and be with myself. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I literally was sitting, staring at the moon at night talking I don't remember what I was saying but yeah probably really sad things um just whatever I was feeling mm -hmm. but I don't know why but a lot of people do feel that the moon is this very comforting yeah and it's a very feminine energy very nurturing somehow oh, yeah. you know because it's so comforting it yes. makes it feminine it makes it, yeah because it has this nurturing essence and quality yeah. to it um I've probably said all kinds of things to the moon you know it's it's always about loss and love I mm -hmm. think because my career and work is always somewhat easy for me yeah um that's just the way things are set up for me in this lifetime I guess mm -hmm. so yeah the things that I struggle with are 
more personal yeah. loss and stuff like that. Fair enough. Yeah. I I think I always look to the moon and the stars too when I'm frustrated yes. and I need to be calmed down. I just oh like yes. look up and I'm reminded of how small Isn't my issues that the are. the best way to really ground yeah. yourself and remind yourself that most of the things you're stressing over doesn't matter Mm-mm. and I think that's also why I'm obsessed with space and being taken yeah. away into space it's mm-hmm. almost like this escape from all of the day-to-day problems that we deal with and yeah to just be taken I just want to I want to live my final years in space oh yeah I'm I'm fully done with yeah. this planet yeah Unless, <laughs> I'm either like fully done with this planet or I'm gonna make some drastic change mm. I also feel like I'm ready for my last years where like no one knows what she did for like a decade Ooh, I'm ready for that kind of like Adele how she does her Absolutely. thing and then goes away yeah I'm ready to go away I just yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet um we'll see live your best life yeah. maybe you'll get abducted when you go away maybe one can only hope yeah, yeah. you just gotta go travel to the most UFO site Gotta go to like places. Arizona or something yeah. like that, yeah. Somewhere where it happens a lot. Yeah, um what are your social medias? Where can people find you? Um my Instagram is Jenna J E N N A underscore Berman B R M A N. My photography Instagram is Jenna Berman Photo. My modeling agency's Instagram is wild.mgmt. There we go. And you have a website. I do, jennaberman.com. <laughs> Where you can find everything. Yeah, there's everything on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was so nice. Oh, thank you. I love talking about, like, work and yeah, aliens you're so space. good at this. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. my new, my new thing is journalism, and for some reason it does just come naturally to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I love no, it. I mean, when you mentioned doing this, I thought that's a perfect thing for you to do, just oh. from having spent the day with you. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. I think it's just an excuse for me to hang out with people I like. I'm like I mean, I think that's a bonus, but you're yeah. very good at it. Thank so. you so much. Yeah, congrats. Well, to the listeners, I will see you guys next week. And that's a wrap on Jenna Berman. Bye, guys. Bye.